Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the heart of London's West End? Then visit Jubilee Hall Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join the best gym in central London, with memberships starting from just £14.98 a week. Find out more at jubileehallgym.co.uk or telephone 0207 836 4007 to work out at Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome once again to the Two Guys on Fitness podcast. You're joining me, Alan Teresa, uh, and my good friend, Julian Berthrad, who is a personal trainer here at Jubilee Hall Gym in London's sunny, if slightly rainy, I would say, Covent Garden. And uh, it's a pretty busy day here at the gym. Uh, you join us on the podcast, which, as regular listeners will be aware, is about fitness, health, training, and diet. Last month, Julian was doing some exercises. He got sore legs, as I remember. His uh, uh, legs were a little bit exhausted after he was exercising, and he hobbled away after we finished, ladies and gentlemen. But he's not hobbling today. Hello, Julian. How are you? I'm all good. It's uh, still a good time of the year. The sun is out, sort of. And um, yeah, training is always a pleasure anyway. doesn't matter what month is. So how are you, Alan? I am very well. Thank you very much. I am about to disappear to Italy for a short while. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. It's always a wonderful feeling just before you leave to uh, take some time away. What a fascinating story for everybody who is listening to the podcast, My Travel Arrangements. Okay, so last month, Julian, you were exercising your legs to exhaustion, I think we can say. But this month, we've been doing something different. You've been having a conversation. You've been interviewing a young woman called Hannah Elsie, who is something of a power lifter, which means that Hannah lifts weights um, to build strength, and she is also rather good at it. So tell me about your conversation with Hannah and why you wanted to talk to her? No, I wanted to talk to her because um, she was like, um, she seems to me she was a, a unique character. The way she was training catch my attention. She is very dedicated, focused when she trained. And yeah, uh, one day I just um, started talking to her and I wanted to know more about her and why she was training uh, uh, this way. And uh, yeah, I did enjoy the, the conversation because it is exactly why uh, gym floor are interesting all around because you meet different sort of people and that's, that's the charm of it from my point of view. Now, Hannah, in the interview, talks very much about the um, principles of powerlifting and why it appealed to her uh, and also explains the benefits of uh, lifting weights in that way. Now, powerlifting in itself, and particularly weight training for women, is becoming increasingly popular. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's just like um, it means everybody can lift and uh, maybe for a long time maybe that's my perception because after all i'm from rugby for a long time uh, the gym floor was meant to be for the um, for the men and and obviously we all know that's not true it's for everyone woman and men and also different sort of age of people uh, beyond the gender uh, matter and uh, it was yeah 
it, it, it's, it's refreshing and it brings different sort of perspective, different sort of ethic. Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, people want to, a bit like women playing football or rugby these days. Yeah, of course, anybody can do anything. There is no limit to anything. That is true, I suppose. So uh, let's uh, have a listen to the conversation of Julian and Hannah, see what Hannah has to say. And then on the other side, I do believe Julian and I will have a little chat about some of the points raised in the interview. So hello, everyone. Um, I'm today with uh, Anna Elsley. Uh, she's a member at uh, Jubilee And we're going to try to find out who is uh, Anna. So uh, Anna, tell me, um, how are you today? Um, and what's your experience at Jubilee so far? So I am well today, thank you. Um, I have been at Jubilee Hall uh, training here for about a year and a half, yeah. and I love it here, mm -hmm. particularly the um, natural light that comes into the gym uh, because it's an old flower market, um, and there's these huge windows in the ceiling, which mean that now during the summer, it's currently June, It's a beautiful place to train, particularly at the end of the day when the sun is just going down and you've got that real beautiful um, dusk hour in the gym. Yeah, it, I guess it's make uh, Jubilee all quite unique place to, to train. So uh, now back to more something fitness matter, because that's why we are here also. Uh, what's your exercise regime? So I'm a competitive powerlifter um, and... I have been powerlifting for three years. Before that, I did bodybuilding. Um, and my regime is training four to three times a week. Um, I do sessions that last about two hours a time. And it usually involves starting the sessions with two or three compound lifts or compound variations. For those of you who don't know, compound lifts are... Um, big full body weightlifting exercises. So for example, a squat, which uses the glutes and the hamstrings and the quads, um, a, a deadlift that uses the back and the legs or the bench press, which uses most of the upper body muscles. And then I will move on after doing some compound exercises or compound variations, I'll move on to doing accessories. So These could be um, bicep work and, you know, accessories being exercises that work one specific muscle group or one specific area of the body. Um, so, for example, glute bridges, um, bicep curls, tricep pushdowns, um, press ups. Yeah, thank you for the precision because, uh, you know, when the, the podcast is about fitness and anything related and it's good to bring back to some basic about, you know, there is every exercise are different and it's good to explain like that uh, between the line. Why and how did you tr uh, your training come about? So I started training, I started going to the gym when I was about 16, 12, 13 years ago. And be careful, I'm older than you, so don't, you're not that old. I'm not that old. I'm not that old. Um, I'm, I'm under 30 just. Um, so I started training when I was about 16. Before that, um, I hated sport. I really was that person who would do anything to get out of games at school. I would 
do theatrics and dramatics to pretend I was sick because I hated it so much. And I think what I really hated was not the exercise, it was the fact that I was uh, very uncoordinated and not very good with ball sports. And of course, um, all the sports that we were forced to play were um, ball sports, hockey, netball, for example. And I was very bad at these and very disruptive in sports lessons because I would uh, really play around. I was the class clown. I'd fool around because I thought this is entirely pointless. Why am I, why are they making me do this when I'm never going to be any good at netball or hockey? This is a complete waste of a Wednesday or Friday afternoon or whenever they made us do it. So I really was the bottom of, really was the bottom uh, of the of the class in sports. Uh, but then they built a gym at the school, a you know a, a, weight, a, a gym with weights. And I remember we did have one session. Oh, I mean, this is this is back. This is back in the early 2010s. We had one session where they took the girls because um, there was girls and boys in the school, but we did sports lessons separately. So they took the girls into the gym and th- this was like our one session in the gym as girls, as opposed to I think the boys got to use the gym all the time. And they, sh- and they showed us how to do some of the, uh, they, I think they showed us how to do the, the row, um, the kind of stacked row, the, the, the upper back pull. And... I, I remember just feeling really um, like I had a great affinity with it because this is something that I could do that didn't involve me having to be um, coordinated. It didn't involve me having to play in a team. <laughs> it didn't involve me having to listen to other people and or play by the rules of a, any game that w- I was being forced to play. So I felt I felt really good about that. And then I also at the same about at the same time started going to the gym, the gym that was more local to where I lived in the small village where I grew up. And I started to go there as well. And Initially, it was that I wanted to. I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to have a certain. I wanted to have a certain aesthetic. I wanted to be in better shape. I wasn't in bad shape at all beforehand. But I think, as a teenage girl, there are. I, I certainly felt pressures to, you know, look have a certain have a certain body type. So very interesting your introduction to the gym, and uh, I, I think I had the opposite way. Like I. I was good with the ball and all of that. And yeah. then I discovered the gym much later on. Yes. But yeah, so how did you train before? And what made you change if you did change? Yes. Uh, so I started to powerlift uh, three years ago during COVID. This was when I, I was in lockdown. I went back to live with my parents and I bought a lot of gym equipment and put together a gym in their garage. Before powerlifting... My training was very aesthetics focused. It was high rep. So I would be doing, say, five sets of eight to 12 reps of, um, say, squats and and deadlifts. Um, And then I would be doing leg accessories. uh, And then I'd do the same with upper body. I really did a kind of push-pull legs bro split program. So it would be... um, chest you know chest and tries back and buys legs um and then i'd cycle through that uh about 
five times a week. Um, so the volume, the volume of what I was doing was much greater and it was far more focused on body, body aesthetics. So I really would be working on my, for example, having popping shoulders, working on, uh, working on my glutes. And it was very much about, um, having that bodybuilder style physique and, that was that was great for a bit. Um, I got very bored of it, which is why I, I changed to powerlifting because I got to a point when I was about 24, 25, and I'd been doing bodybuilding then for about four years. And I, I never did bodybuilding competitions. I never really have a desire to like go up on stage in a bikini. That's not that's not really what I want. But I was very lean in in very you know very kind of traditional classical shape that that classical female bodybuilder shape and um i just got i just got bored because i think when you get there unless you unless you really want to do competitions and you want to do bikini or fitness comps um where you're you know judged on the um on the ratios of of uh, how your body looks and how balanced it is as aesthetically, which I didn't want to do. I couldn't really see a way forward. I couldn't see a way that I could continue to develop. And I was, and I was very lean and I just thought, well, it's a lot of work to maintain this level of leanness. And I wanted to have a six pack and I had one and then I was like, well, what now? What happens now? <laughs> what happens after the six pack? <laughs> it, it is true. Yeah. It's a sort of, it is consuming process. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and yeah, you're right. What, what is next? And uh, what is next? so if you go, if you go for a competition, I guess, uh, I guess you, um, you go for another one and again, but still after a few competition, you know, like uh, what's next. So you exactly. And I, and, and, and powerlifting bring you a different mantra then? Yes. I've powerlifting, um, powerlifting, which for people who don't know what powerlifting is, I think most people know what bodybuilding is because you've seen like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Powerlifting is a strength based sport and it's about, how much you can squat, deadlift and bench. And those are the three primary lifts in powerlifting. And when you go to a powerlifting competition, you will be um, asked to do a squat, a bench press and a deadlift. And you'll have to do that in front of judges and they'll make sure that you're doing the lifts correctly. And really it's about doing the lifts correctly with as much weight as you possibly can. And this is this is very different from bodybuilding because even though it still involves lifting weights it's really about performance and it's about what the body can do not about how the body looks and this is really crucial for me because and this is how i found my way out of the the kind of bodybuilding rut that i got into by the way before i started powerlifting i tried olympic lifting before that which is like the snatch and the clean and the jerk um but i got injured uh doing olympic lifting so decided to move on to powerlifting and um the set the, the training is different because i'll now do fewer sessions the sessions will be longer though there'll be about two hours a session and i'll really focus on getting in heavy compound lifts Um, which I might not necessarily do in, in the high rep range. I might do, say, sets of three, sets of four, um, four sets of four, 
um, rather than five sets of eight or five sets of 12, um, as I would in bodybuilding. And then, and then the accessories are really to support the performance of the main lifts rather than like to have guns or to have a popping booty. That's not really what it's about. It's about um, supporting your performance. That's again very well explained. Uh, yeah, I can uh, I can hear those people talking about guns, as you say, and uh, yeah, not not appealing either for a sportsman like me. Um, it's not why you train really, but uh, yeah, no, it's a we, uh, so there is no chance to see on the gym floor doing a tricep extension. Yes, I would do a tricep extension. There's nothing wrong with a tricep extension to support a good bench press. I know, I, I was changing, of course, yeah. and, uh, but uh, yeah, no, the, the powerlifting quite interesting as it's free exercise and uh, we have a few people doing powerlifting at the gym. And do you talk to them? Is he... Yeah, there's a great powerlifting community here um, at Jubilee Hall and that's, it's lovely to meet other people, um, also other people who powerlift, including Svetlana, who's also uh, another powerlifter who's a woman and that's ama it's amazing to be able to chat to people who have the same interests. Yeah, it's just a, to, to, a, a gym. A gym floor should be like that, full of people with potentially different prospects, but still able to share, you know, their experience. And, uh, so just to, to make sure, again, we uh, physical strain seems to be at the heart of powerlifting. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is true? And how does, this, uh, how does it benefit you, basically? Well, there's lots of benefits to being physically strong. Really simple things like carrying the shopping up the stairs is very easy. Moving furniture around by myself is very easy. I can, um, I can pick up my mother, <laughs> for example. And that feels amazing to be able to do those things without needing somebody else to help you. Um, and that's great for mental health as well. Do you, any injury? Like, because I know powerlifting is demanding. So mm. have you suffered of any injury recently or in the past? Yes, I have recently recovered from a knee injury, um, which I sadly got when I was uh, powerlifting whilst I was skiing, not on the slopes, but I went skiing. And then after my ski, I went to the gym and did some very heavy, uh, heavy lifts, which was very it was inadvisable um and so yes my i had a my kneecap kind of jolted out of place and i've been through uh about four months of physio to get that back but i'm i'm just starting to ramp up again um after that injury to be able to get back to my max lifts do you follow uh, a diet to support your training and if so what is it i don't follow any particular diet per se it's more that i try and eat um plenty of protein plenty of carbs um good fats and i try and eat enough i eat healthily when i say healthily i mean plenty of vegetables and appropriate portions and i stop eating when i'm full and don't drink too much alcohol that's it really uh, there's no special There is no special diet that I follow at all. Have you worked with a trainer, personal trainer, and would you recommend doing so? Yes, so I work with a powerlifting coach called Jason Coltman, and uh, he's great. And I would recommend working with a trainer um, in looking to 
take a step change in your fitness journey or your performance journey. Um, I found that when I started to powerlift, I was working with um, another coach who was a fantastic fitness coach, but wasn't powerlifting specific. So then I started to work with um, Jason, who's really helped me to reconceptualize my training to be all about powerlifting performance. Yeah, it's a stepping. It's a. It's it's so specific. Like you need, you need someone sometimes just to to show you a, a different guidance. But uh, but yeah. you seem to be quite already knowledgeable about it. I think that working with somebody else and having an external eye is really important. And I think even for people who are more um, just interested in getting fit and looking a bit better, having somebody watch a couple of your sessions to make sure you're doing the exercises correctly is a great thing because injuries are tough and um, injuries can prevent you from getting to where you want to be. So making sure that you're doing things right just so that you don't get injured. Yeah, I remember my, my, my few um, first few weeks in gym, not here but in France, and uh, I used to be a pain in the ass with the owner of the gym and ask him every single time is that the best way to do the squat or what. Yeah. yeah, because you want to get it right. You don't want to to waste your time and uh, and get injured. Mm -hmm. So, what would be your advice for women considering powerlifting? Well, I think the first thing to say is that there's a kind of I think there's a stereotype around women who powerlift are like. I don't know, big or bulky or masculine. And that doesn't have to be the case. Um, I think being strong doesn't mean that you are manly. And um, even though, because powerlifting is a weight category sport, there are some, there are some people in the, in the top weight categories who are, um, who are, you know, big and strong, both, both the men and the women. Um, it's not just for people who have um, bigger bones. Um, and it's a great sport to improve your physical strength and your mental strength as well. Because once you know that you can you know, do a squat that is over your body weight, that's an incredibly empowering thing to know that you can do that and to know that you're probably as as physically strong as quite a lot of guys it just gives you this incredible self-confidence so tell me your your uh, your idea or your feeling about it powerlifting seems to have become more popular with women over event years do you think that it's true and why do you think that should be so i think that the stigma around women, women lifting weights is dispersing, thankfully. It was in like the late 80s that like lifting was, or weight sports, weight sports for women were put into the world championships. And it was only in the 90s that some weight sports were put in the Olympics for women. And I think it's, and now that we have this Instagram culture of um, fitness influencers who are women um, showing how amazing their bodies look with weight training, I think it's great that weightlifting is becoming more popular with women. It's it's completely amazing because it wasn't like certainly wasn't like that when I started. So I think powerlifting is again becoming more popular because there are not we're breaking down those barriers as to what is perceived as feminine and what is perceived as masculine. And I, I hope that that means more and more women take up 
take up the sport, take up picking up weights, go to the gym and make themselves stronger. It's, would you say that it's um, it belongs to the same wave uh, of change, like you know the women play football more and more, it becoming more covered by TV and all that. I say football, rugby, you know, yes, plenty of. Yes, yes, and those and there was the the women's World Cup, wasn't there? The England, the Lions, who we we won the World Cup, or the Lionesses. That was that was our team name. Yes, I think it is. It is all part of a cultural movement where um, it is becoming more celebrated for women to be athletes and for women to be um, to to do also to do sports like football or powerlifting, which are not necessarily traditionally seen as feminine, unlike gymnastics, for example. Um, and I think that's great. And also we want more famous male gymnasts. We want we want both things going in both directions. I have to admit, uh, I, uh, I don't admit because I, I didn't think <laughs> the contrary, but I have to say by observation, Often women will be more dedicated, more focused on on the gym floor than men, and uh, and, and that's why it's good to have uh, both women and men on the gym floor working out, because it's uh, it shows um, the differences sometimes between us. Uh, but I mean, there is no, from my point of view, there is not necessarily an agenda. Just people trying to exercise, yeah. Wow. Well, we're talking now about the fundamental differences between men and women. Um, which, of course, there are <laughs> um, differences between men and women. Um, unfortunately, society also puts a lot of differences upon us which shouldn't exist. <laughs> but in France, we have, of course, uh, maybe you have read about uh, Simone de Beauvoir, okay? Yes. Talking about this uh, young girl or young man, I guess, yeah. conditioned at, uh, uh, in the childhood to be a, a good woman or a good man, whatever it is. And um, yeah, I, I think I, I never had a, a filter about that. You know, when I, when I train a woman or a man, for example, I don't really do it differently. It's just a body and trying to improve this body, really. So, Well, that's an interesting attitude, but the factor there is, y yes, in terms of how the bodies are trained um, physiologically, Um, there need not be much difference. However, of course, the emotional um, history that those two um, people uh, are bringing into the gym and the, the psychological drive and motivating factors that are brought into the gym may be different. And of course, those completely impact how you train. And I will not add anything to that because obviously there will be, a, uh, it's a very interesting, but it will be another uh, podcast mm. and it might happen, who knows. But um, thank you for your time, uh, Anna. And um, so if people want to know uh, more about you, because I know you have, um, uh, you do other things in life that lifting weights, uh, where they can find you, for example, and, and briefly, because it's not necessarily related to fitness, but it's related to you, what, uh, what do you in life? So when I'm not in the gym, um, my work is that I run a theatre production company and I am, yes, I'm a theatre producer and the founder of Hannah Elsie Productions, 
So we create incredible commercial theatre. And what my role is as a producer, it's uh, it, it's around bringing together productions, managing um, the delivery of shows, uh, financing productions, creating new entertainment, working with writers and directors to um, build new products. And you can find out more about that as well as my lifting on my Instagram um, which is Hannah underscore Elsie. So that's H-A-N-N-A-H underscore E-L-S-Y. And then also I'm on hannahelsie.com. That's my uh, production company website. And of course, we can find you at Jubilee uh, in Covent Garden. For that. Yeah. Um, so once again, thank you for your, for your time for this interview. I and you did explain very well, you know, um, the difference between bodybuilding and uh, powerlifting. What you get from your own point of view from that, and uh, uh, so I did uh, listen carefully. So all the best to you. See you soon, and uh, have a good day. Thank you for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure. So that's Hannah and Julian there talking about all things powerlifting. Okay, so first of all, what is powerlifting as opposed to working with weights or resistance training? Powerlifting is a science of lifting the most weight you can on one attempt. It's about three exercises, squat, bench squat, and deadlift. Okay, so that uh, seems quite straightforward. Now, Hannah has what sounds like a pretty solid workout. Is this the kind of training somebody can do without support and on their own or do you really need some technical or specialist advice or support as you do it yeah i would say this kind of training like you need a support like uh, technical help about the form i won't go myself into power lifting uh, even for i've been training for a while on my own i think it's kind of a very meticulous technique and also you end up lifting weights so potentially you can enjoy yourself and by the way i think anna talk about uh, enjoy herself so it's not an easy way of training it's very demanding so yeah try to seek some help because it's not easy anna also talks about uh, focusing on ability over aesthetics how important is the goal of physical strength over mobility, speed, or aesthetics in a balanced fitness program? What I mean by that is one more important than the other. So is strength more important than mobility or speed, or do you have to find a way to balance the three? No, I think it's, uh, I would say it's, uh, it's about the strength. And of course, uh, people who do powerlifting will try to improve their mobility. And because without mobility balance, you can't really, it's, um, it will stop you to lift more and more, which is the main target when you, when you do powerlifting. So yeah, there maybe an order of important will be uh, strength, definitely. And then, you know, mobility and balance, but um, yeah. It's, 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 it's very hard to lift as much as you can without losing a lot of mobility, so. And uh, on the subject of injury, which you touched upon earlier and Hannah talks about in the interview as well, um, how do you avoid being injured when you're lifting heavy weights, which is obviously something that anybody who lifts weights encounters at some point? 
and what should you best do afterwards to move forward? I don't think you can avoid injury. I mean, uh, it's not the same subject, obviously, but it's like saying uh, playing rugby, trying to avoid injury. Well, you can't really you can't really um, avoid injury because it's not possible. I think if your target is to push your body to live more and more, injury are the path to it. So the question is to not repeat injury and to get better. And uh, but yeah, she um, after the uh, injury, I think she was lifting uh, little weights back to square one and then. Uh, move away up again. So after injury, re-education, obviously, and uh, yeah, rehab, uh, restraining the muscle, and then back to it. So it's uh, after an injury, you should really take things easy, training uh, specifically, but keep keep going using your body. And on that note, there's uh, part of the conversation we just said was about compound lifts. What exactly are compound lifts and do you do these yourself? So a compound exercise will be an exercise that where that many, more than one muscle are engaged. So like the squat, when you got your core, your glutes, your quadriceps, uh, the back of your legs, all these exercises are called compound because you use more than one muscle at once. And the benefit of it is it's quite challenging and they are complete. You know, everybody, a well-known complete exercise, if not the most complete, some people will say, is a deadlift because a lot of muscle are engaged. So in one go, you target a lot of muscle. Opposite to, opposed to an exercise like, for example, leg extension, where you just engage your uh, quadriceps. And uh, yeah, the benefit of it is it's excellent exercise to work most of the body at once. So it's good for the balance, for your strength as well. Indeed. And we'd just like to take uh, a moment to thank Hannah for sitting down and having a conversation with Julian and for telling us her story. And if you do want to find out more about her training uh, and how she's doing, you can check out her social media, which uh, is uh, flagged up there in the interview and we'll put in the show notes and thanks again for taking part our very own Alan Teresa has just published his first novel Adventures About to Begin it's a family saga from the 1970s and it's funny dramatic and moving check it out on Amazon from all good bookshops in ebook and find out more on alanteresa.com so every month on the podcast, as regular listeners will be aware, we take a couple of questions that come into us, sometimes comments, and we do our best to answer those questions or comment ourselves on what listeners say. And if you do want to get in touch, feel free to do so via our website, twoguysonfitness.com, or via his website, julienbertoa.com, or you can drop us a line via our socials, our Instagram, our Facebook, or our Twitter, and we absolutely love it when people get in touch with us. So first up, Julian, I do believe you have the opening question, so it's over to you, Julian Bertharach. First up this month, a question from Mike, who got in touch through our website as follows. I was thinking about legs training after your legs episode. Everyone ate legs day, whatever the same. What is the least I can do in a week to have an effect? I'm a 20, I'm 20 years old guy, 
and work out three, four times a week. And I really, really hate exercising legs. So there you go. Um, Mike here doesn't particularly enjoy exercising his legs, the dreaded legs day. Uh, I actually do. My legs days I look forward to for some bizarre reason. Uh, but a lot of people don't. They find it an uncomfortable experience. So what have you got to say to Mike, Julian? I think he's asking about what the least is he can do to actually have an effect. So what is the least he can do? I obviously uh, thank you for your question, Mike, and I understand and I feel for you. I um, I can't say that I hate training my legs. I actually love training my legs and I do it twice a week. But now, uh, to be on your side for years and years, uh, I mean, I'm talking about 15 years ago, when I started, I was doing a lot of chest, legs, because I was playing rugby and legs are essential for me. But I was not doing too much arms, bizarre. I mean, strangely, uh, I was really reluctant to do bicep skills, stuff like that. I find it usually boring. And, um, but, so, I, I think I understand, like, how it feels when we aid doing something. Um, if I were you, I would mix legs with other body parts. Like, for example, you can do leg extension, and then you can do a pull down next to it. So it kind of delirates your legs workout into other body parts. It make it more like all uh, full body workouts. Because that's true, if you don't like, I mean, I never do a bicep workout. I do chest biceps, but you, you can do, you can mix exercise. And uh, I would say, you know, just stick to, find ex a machine for legs that you can act, you feel good at it. Okay, a minimum. Uh, I think a leg extension is fine. Um, you can do air squat, you can do lunges, and you just have to mix this exercise with some back exercise. Back workout with leg workout plus core is always a good combo. So that would be my uh, my uh, advice. If you intend to attend to work your legs once a week, just do not skip the squat. That's my best advice. Do squat on a Smith machine, dumbbell on your shoulders, whatever you decide, but squat all the time, every week. So there you go. Hope that's useful for you, Mike, uh, as you do your supersets, which I think Julian was referring to there, uh, and that it helps you to do the least you can to uh, have an effect on your poor sore legs. So next up uh, is myself. Uh, we've got a question here from Debbie, who's got in touch uh, also through our website to ask the following question. How long can you exercise for? I'm thinking of my mum who is overweight and needs to get into shape. She has a diabetes problem. She used to swim, but she stopped that long ago and she has got into the TV and high chair habit. I can't, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I can't motivate her and all she wants to talk about is her medication. Help, exclamation mark. Okay, Julian, you're a personal trainer. Now, um, I often think with these kind of topics, one of the key principles is avoiding falling into the trap of a sedentary lifestyle to begin with, though I think that's pretty easy for someone in my or indeed our position to say, not so easy to deal with if it happens to you if you have a medical condition yourself. So what's your advice for Debbie? Well... If possible, I mean, it's a, it's a tough subject and uh, it's uh, sadly a not isolated uh, issue here. It's very hard to start training later on in your life, especially if you didn't have, get used to it before. Um, 
it's very important to do some weight resistance to challenge uh, your the bones, the skeleton, to build some muscle, obviously. Uh, medication is a word you want to avoid because obviously people tend to say that training is a size the cheap medicine. Medication is not cheap. Uh, that's another thing. What could you do, Debbie, is to start uh, going to the gym with your mom, actually, and exercise with her. Um, now, obviously, Uh, but I'm not the best to talk because I will, I will be there is a conflict of interest. It's uh, to book uh, someone to help, a personal trainer, a fitness instructor, because just to give you a sort of routine to follow. And it depends on the, the budget here. But definitely the first step will be to go to a gym with her, uh, to book a fitness instructor, to explain, uh, the person should explain to you and to her the basic of exercise. It's, uh, it's very hard, it's about creating a routine. Um, it's like at the moment your mother might look this like uh, the Everest mountain but the best advice is to start climbing a little bit and then the summit of this mountain will look um, less high as uh, at the beginning it's a process you have to do things it's a do things to do and um, yeah going to a gym uh, getting familiar with the machine exercising and trying to do that like every two days okay it's uh, also i will push you to go and see a nutritionist to talk about uh, food plan And yeah, it's very important to structure the day also when you get older, especially if your mom is uh, retired. And uh, yeah, it's very important to structure everything, your meal, uh, your day, workout and, and the day itself, you know. It's also about turning actions into habits, isn't it? If you have habits on a daily basis and you build those into your routine, it becomes easier to follow them as opposed to having to climb little mountains all the time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the, the, the nerve of the world when you train someone is to helping the person to create this habit uh, by, first of all, being there at the exact time, you know, when the client book you. That's the first step to create habit. And obviously, um, yeah, the whole day should be more or less structured around events, you know, like uh, your first meal, the workout. Doesn't have to be a gym and a workout, but you know, outside, walking, anything. But if you do things repeatedly, it becomes an habit, and ultimately, also, uh, it becomes a lifestyle, you know, so you don't think about it. Indeed. So we hope that's useful for you, Debbie, and indeed for Mike as well. Debbie and Mike sounds a bit like a sitcom, doesn't it, really? Debbie and Mike, uh, an amusing sitcom set in the suburbs. And remember, if you do want to get in touch, drop us a line, uh, and we love it uh, when you do so. So there you go. That's another episode of the podcast done for another month. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Hannah's story earlier and her conversation with Julian. Uh, it was great for you to drop by Hannah we really appreciate it and next month uh, we'll be doing funnily enough another exercise episode of the podcast and for all those listeners who have been waiting 
uh, patiently to hear Julian working out and also to see Julian working out with somebody else on the podcast. We may actually finally be able to do that next month. Fingers crossed. We talk about it all the time. Never quite happens, but we might be able to do it next month. Who knows? And so we say to you, lovely, lovely listeners, thank you for dropping by. Did you enjoy the conversation with Hannah, Julian? I enjoyed very much myself. It was very, very instructive. Indeed. And as I said, we did enjoy it. Thanks, Hannah. And until next time, when we may or may not be working out with somebody else, we say to you, the lovely, lovely listeners, enjoy your workout. Thank mm-hmm. you.